0: Welcome listeners. I'm Justin Makarevich, Associate Director of Employer Relations at the Graduate Career Management Center of the Zicklin School of Business at Baruch College. Thanks for tuning into this episode. Good afternoon, everybody. It is July 17th, 2023. Um, Looking forward to this next episode of the GCMC podcast with our full-time MBA alumna, Adi Marcus. Adi, it's so great to have you um, on the GCMC podcast and thank you for making the time.
1: Hi. Yes, I'm so excited to be here.
0: Likewise, yeah. So you know, listeners, this came about when Ajie and I probably met up a couple weeks ago, and we were just catching up. Had been a while, um, and Adi, you know, we've we've been over email, et cetera. But it was been a while, really, face to face, and just talking about um, careers and people's past, and in particular, resilience. And how resilience impacts people's decisions, people's lives, people's futures, um, especially even their past. Uh, it was such an interesting thing that came up. And um, before we even dive into that, though, idea, can you first give us a sense of your background? So if you can introduce us, since I know listeners, listeners are going to really want to know about your background before we jump into the topic at hand.
1: Sure. So um Adi, as you mentioned I am Israeli American mm. I uh started my kind of career um in Israel after I had an I finished an undergrad in economics and I was really into numbers and finance and I worked in a trade room mm. where I worked my way up from being a trader to a shift manager and then a director of a trade room Super exciting in one of the fast um, financial uh, services firms in Israel and Tel Aviv wow. it was super exciting times um, but had some challenges um at the workplace, both from a, a kind of management perspective it was um I can elaborate about that later when we talk about resilience. But I uh, really decided that I just, I loved working with clients, but I wanted a career change. Wasn't sure where to go from there. Right. And that's how I found myself at Baruch, uh, getting wow. a full-time MBA, moved to New York, did the full-time MBA, best decision ever.
2: Excellent. Um,
1: <laughs> this is not an M. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and kind of throughout the MBA, through my, a lot of the experiences that I've had and and, you know, companies that I spoke to in my internship, I really understood that I wanted my next step of my career to be with customers. I really liked numbers and analytics and kind of found myself, again, we'll talk about it soon, but found myself working at a marketing tech company in customer success, this is the same company that I'm still at. So I've been here for a little over six years.
2: Wonderful. Um,
1: yeah, but definitely career change. I'm now in customer success, which is more like account management, um in marketing tech, definitely not financial services. so um, yeah, yeah, that's a high,
0: it's high level high level, that's excellent. um, one of the things that you um you just talked about too is sort of you wanted to know that your next step um was going to be interfacing with customers, which if you then peel that layer, took some time for you to explore and yeah. kind of get a sense of what you wanted next. Can you shed some light on how did that process unfold? How did that kick off for you?
1: Yeah, so at first it was just me trying to think about, and I think a lot of this was um, with the help of of different you know, career advisors and professionals that really kind of guided me through how do I even think about what do I want to do next? And I think the best advice I got was think about your past job Mm -hmm. and what was the part that you were looking forward to the most in the day? What was something that if you were told you had to do, you would be happy to do it over and over again and try to think about what other jobs have that component. And for me, that was the client interactions, the building relationships um, as a trader, I would execute orders for customers on the other side. I loved talking to them. I loved giving them advice. We built relationships, we met them outside of work. And that was really the best part. It wasn't the trading mm. or the excitement of whether the stock is going to go up or down or, you know, all of the taxation stuff, all of those things were kind of like nice to have but I think really for me when once I was able to hone in on it was the customer facing part it really allowed me to be able to explore what would be my next step in my career
0: right and the way you kind of described that journey in your intro makes it sound so easy no was it
2: (laughs) it okay
0: so (laughs) I'd love to talk about that part of the story of, of, you know, what happened.
1: Yeah. So I I'll start by saying it definitely was not easy. Um, I got there after I, I did a lot of different things, right? So when I started the MBA, um, I was sure that the next thing I wanted to do was work in marketing. Mm -hmm. I don't know why it got into my head that that would be cool and interesting. Social media was kind of also really becoming a thing. And I thought maybe that's the direction that I need to go in. I took a lot of classes in marketing and digital marketing and thought that was cool and interesting. And my MBA internship was actually as kind of a marketing intern at Mm -hmm. a beauty company in Mm -hmm. San Francisco. And the whole summer I spent you know, helping the marketers, brand, brand marketers and, and supply chain and all kinds of like cool things that sounded cool, but I, I was, it was just okay. Uh-huh. It wasn't exciting to me. The yeah. exciting parts were like when I had to interact with different departments and do more kind of like client-adjacent things, and when I had to run numbers and analyses. Those were mm. the only two parts that I really enjoyed. And I was really bummed by it because I thought that that was my next big thing. I thought that I would go and work in marketing somewhere and, you know, that's it. That's my next career. So I have to say, like, I had to try out a lot of other things to find myself where where I'm at now. Um, Even post MBA, I worked as kind of a freelance as I was looking for a job and did some social media management for small brands. Um, I mean, basically family owned businesses, so it's not even really brands, but really tried to kind of put myself out there. I looked into ad tech a little bit, did a three month kind of like um, project with a friend that was in ad tech, really tried to explore that marketing angle Mm -hmm. all the way until um, I realized that's, that's probably not the direction that I need to go in. And that's when I started thinking about what did I actually like in previous jobs and what can I find in my next role that would include that.
0: Amazing. So Adiv, when we're talking about resilience, how in that entire process was your resilience challenged? And then also how, what were some successful parts of resilience that um, that you know that really helped you in those two processes, and in, in, in that's that process.
1: Yeah, I think when I think about resilience, I, yeah. I actually think that the year between graduating, the almost a year between graduating and finding my job at Optimove where mm-hmm. I currently work, I think that was actually the most resilient that I've ever been, and huh. I think that's because I had I graduated, I had one. Path in mind. And as the time went by, that path kind of kept changing. And I had to adapt and not get discouraged because it's, I mean, the natural thing is to immediately get discouraged. I was applying to all of these marketing jobs. I was doing side gigs. I was going to tons of different interviews, not really knowing, you know, what exactly I should be doing next. I was really kind of trying to just get something in marketing because that's mm-hmm. kind of what it was set on because I didn't have another option in mind. And I think that throughout that period, what really kept me going is the notion that I know there are things that I'm really, really good at, and I just need to find the right role and or company that would let me kind of let it out, right? That would would help me utilize those skills. And I think through the process of really figuring out what those qualities are or what my strengths are, but like real strengths, not the ones that you say in interviews. Mm. I mean, really what I'm passionate about, what Mm -hmm. I really enjoy and trying to find roles that include those skills. I think that is what eventually got me to Optimove or or to my current role or to customer success. Mm -hmm. But that was almost a full year. And lots of falling down and lots of kind of getting back up and pivoting, constantly pivoting.
0: What were some of those, I'd love to hear like, what's one example of falling down that happened in that year for you? And then also I'd love to hear what was one of the really proudest sort of moments too in that year.
1: Yeah. So I think one of them was I was able to get kind of with a lot of networking and connections and I was, okay. I was on it, right. I was really <laughs> working on all the angles that I could. And I got an interview with Estee Lauder uh-huh. and, you know, cosmetics, that's exactly what I did for my MBA internship, marketing, how awesome, how interesting. And I got to the interview and I just felt like I was it was horrible. <laughs> I was just getting like butchered. Every single thing that I answered, it was kind of like, yes, but you want to do this, but you don't know what you're talking about. But like, why do you want to do this? What is, you know, what is your skill set to do these things? And I kind of I really really didn't have the the background or I think I didn't really know why I wanted to do it. Mm. And I I thought marketing was cool. I thought cosmetics was cool. I'm a user of marketing and social media and cosmetics. I figured that's such a cool new career path to go in. It seemed really glamorous to me. I don't think that I had, but it was a really good wake up call because acknowledging and understanding this is after licking my wounds, right? Like I was super discouraged and upset I'm type a I'm not used to being um not good at something (laughs) and I think it was a really good uh, um wake-up call because it made me realize that maybe um I keep like you know barking up the wrong tree
0: interesting and was that sort of something that was like a visceral reaction like a total physical reaction in the interview where you're like I don't know why I'm doing this
1: I was sweating so much huh. that I thought that I was getting sick. I got home oh and I gosh. checked my fever. I thought that something is wrong. It it was, it was awful. Um, yeah. And I was prepared. I wasn't, yeah, I, I'm right. never not prepared. You know, I was prepared. But the fact, I think it really helped me understand that this is an awesome hobby or interest to me. Mm. It's not my career it's not my path it's not where i'm supposed to be you know investing right now in my career
0: yeah where was then the aha moment i know you talked about um really getting down the skills of being customer centric but where yeah. was that aha moment aha moment you know because that that type of role can be customer success it could be other roles yeah where was the aha moment for you then in that
1: So customer success is a new function within tech. Hmm. So it's not something I was familiar with. I didn't even know what it meant. So I didn't even look at that area at all. I knew there was account management, but that's a little salesy and I didn't want to be salesy. And I didn't want to work in customer service. So I was really confused about kind of what is, what could I be doing? And one of my very good friends is a founder of a marketing tech company, not uh-huh. Um, and they just relocated to the, to New York. And I remember sitting at dinner with them and just kind of saying how frustrated I am that I don't know what job would be good for my skill set. Yeah. And laying laying out kind of like I, I outlined all of the things that I said I would be strong at, that I know mm-hmm. that I'm good at, and um. They've just asked me, what about customer success? And I had no idea what that
0: You're meant. You're like,
1: what? What is, is it that sounds, something? It sounds weird, right? Like, what do you mean <laughs> right. you help the customers succeed? Like, what does that mean? <laughs> and, you know, they explained to me what the function is and that it's this up and coming, um, kind of function within tech organizations, all of the tech orgs are now uh, all of these like tech companies and startups are now recruiting for this, and mm-hmm. it might be a good time to be on the forefront of it hmm. and this is all like I just want to disclose i 've never interviewed with that company this was like right. purely maybe this is a path for you, and I feel like the aha moment for me was when I started interviewing for customer success and I just felt like I'm nailing those interviews because mm. I know relationship building with customers. In a way, I kind of did customer success in the trade room. They didn't call it that way, but when I think about all the things that I've done with customers through my time in financial services, it kind of was customer success.
0: Totally. So, for yeah.
1: me to sit in an interview and even though I don't know, I didn't know tech or software, I just felt like I knew how to answer, you know, challenging questions. Like if a customer is upset, what would you do? If something broke, how would you address it?
0: Mm -hmm. How do you
1: address like conflicts or escalation calls? And it just felt like it was right up my alley. And Mm -hmm. I got really, really excited about not only customer success, but also the fact that in tech, a lot of these customer success functions are very analytical there's a lot of kind of numbers which is another thing that I'm really excited about yeah. and it just felt like the the right path for me and i think once that landed that was just like such a relief and it was a great aha moment
0: right so it's almost like in the interview or when you talk with the, with that contact about it, when they said escalation call, you're like, oh my God, I love escalation calls.
1: Yes. <laughs> Give me the challenge, please. <laughs> exactly. Give me an angry customer.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> so this is a, this is a kind of a tough question. Um, I find, for example, we have a podcast episode on it, uh, as an example, you know, like sometimes people say, hey, I'm looking for people who are curious and I want them to be on my team. Um, but oftentimes I think it's difficult to define what curiosity really is for somebody in a, in a, in a concrete way. Um, and it just kind of came to mind here, you know, how we talked about resilience. I think so in, 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 what it means to you, um, how can people become more resilient in your eyes and in, in the way that you define resilience? Like how do, how do people make those steps?
1: Yeah, I think that, first of all, is being comfortable in ambiguity, Mm -hmm. being comfortable in being in a situation where you have no idea what's going to happen and how things are going to play out. And I I think to kind of top that, I would also say being okay with pivoting. Hmm. And I think that I was dead set on one thing and my perspective and my kind of trajectory changed when I was able to to pivot and when I was okay with going in a different route mm. and I think that when you have something in mind that you want to be doing and you just keep banging your head against the wall but nothing is happening, knowing that it's okay to change that direction yeah. is is really really important, and you can mourn it it's fine I yeah. did yeah. um but but it's fine and you move on and then you could be great at something else. And it's, it's so great to feel that way, right. To find something that you're actually really good at and you don't have to be good at everything. And that's fine.
0: Exactly. I mean, I'm hearing too, of resilience, not only persistency and persistence, but also change. So there's persistence, but also change and being open and okay with all of that. Yes, definitely. Do you, have you ever seen people get in their own way when it comes to being resilient, when it comes to being focused on what they need to do?
1: Yeah, I think that there's a there's some parallels, but also big differences between being resilient and being stubborn. Hmm. And yeah. I think that um, when you say get in your own way, all I could think of is is being stubborn. Like, for example, me for four <laughs> months straight, applying to marketing roles in companies, knowing that Every interview that I have is just not going great. Nothing is changing for me, but yeah. just like you know, and, and I was stubborn. I don't think that was really resilient of me or persistent of me. I think that was kind of me not reading the room or me not trying to to, to figure out what a different path should be. And I'm not saying four months is a long time or a short time. Yeah. It's for me, it just felt like, in hindsight. I was a little too stubborn because I decided that something was the right path for me. Yeah. And I wasn't open to hearing other things out. Um, and I wish that I was a little more open back then, but I'm definitely more open now. And that's something that I am still in, in my team as well nowadays. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's super important. Even when I hire people, I, I tell them listen, if this is not the job for you, we'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. And maybe there's another role in the company and maybe there's other departments or maybe we can pivot this role to be something else. And not everyone has that flexibility, but, you know, we hire people for people and who they are. And I feel like just kind of that notion of pivoting kind of kept, I don't know, stayed with me, I guess. And I think that's super important.
0: So you hit on uh, my next question was, um, and it's kind of a little bit about thinking back to when you were in your MBA and in this process, too and you said you wish you'd been more open back then so if you could speak to that student not necessarily to you but that student who might be in that in that in that state of mind right now what what could make them more open what could you offer from an advice perspective to make them more open
1: yeah i think that wanting something for the sake of wanting it, for example, because your parents want you to work in finance or mm. all of your friends are in a certain industry or it looks cool to work in cosmetics, literally what I was thinking. Yeah, I think that's that's great. Um And that could be a path, but I would say in hindsight or to people who are now in school thinking about it. Yeah, I would have. The same way that you apply to a school and you have backup schools, have backup paths. Think about other paths that you could be interested in, whether it's other industries in the same function or other functions that you might be really good at. And I would say another thing that I didn't really think of at the time was if you are dead set on getting into an industry that you're super interested in. Find different functions in that industry that you can come into through, right? So maybe you're going to go to an entry job doing one thing, but you know that you're so passionate about this that you could kind of, you know, climb your way up. Mm -hmm. And I think that I I don't know if I said it right. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. That's (laughs) that's. But yeah,
1: you know, sometimes that's just kind of how how you go about it. And and to that point, by the way, I do want to mention I started at my current company. As a customer success manager, which is kind of a, let's say, second, third job out of college, undergrad, this Uh doesn't necessitate an MBA or any of my management experience. But I came in knowing that once I nail and understand that kind of initial part, I could really progress there because I just need them to give me a chance. And I think that's like a humbling experience, Hmm. but it has paid and i do think that it's worth also taking those risks um you know so that's another advice that i would give if you're dead set on an industry it's okay if you take a step back and you start from a more junior position just to get in if you are confident with your skill set i'm sure that the company will identify that and and kind of you'll be able to really work your way up there
0: yeah i also love the point you made not only about looking at other industries in the same function, but even many functions, that's really an important thing where some people get stuck in just one function. That's all I can do. And it's my trick. Yeah. Uh, we've discussed so much. Adi, this has been really great. I want to, uh, before we close or anything like that, we still do have time, but what haven't we just discussed that's important still to to cover
1: Well, I think we talked about a lot. We did.
0: (laughs) We
2: did.
1: Um, I would say another thing that I would just say as kind of a piece of advice, just because I have encountered this in previous jobs and and also now, I think one thing that's really important to keep in mind for candidates is Mm -hmm. you're also interviewing the company. And Mm -hmm. I think that who your manager is, is going to be very crucial in your career development. Mm
2: -hmm. And I
1: think it's just like, I've seen people not necessarily take that into account and I think it's really important. So just wanted to kind of, you know, um, I guess share this as well, that it's really important that the person that you're working on under is someone that you could, you know, learn from, a mentor, someone who would actually root for you hmm. and help you progress and learn. And I think that um, a lot of people are so nervous about just getting a job and just doing the interview yeah. that sometimes it's a miss. And I think that it's it's something to really just keep top of your, you know, mind.
0: I totally echo that. It's, it, you know, if you don't evaluate that part, you can also get myopic and not sort of know what's the value you bring and what I, and, and also just be able to give ideas about what are the gaps in a team that you might be able to fill and that you might be able to bring. So I think that's a really important part for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Adi, thank you so much.
2: <laughs> I really
0: appreciate you sharing your story, being so open um, because, you know, it's not the traditional story and for many individuals, whether they're students or not, this is an important strategy to find what they want to do next. And um we can't thank you enough for being part of the podcast.
1: Yeah, this was so fun. Can we yeah. you? <laughs> think, No, totally.
0: I think I think we'll probably have part two on a different topic coming up soon too.
1: No, but this is really fun. I I my my pleasure and really um honored to be asked to talk. So
0: thanks so much. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks, listeners, for tuning into the GCMC podcast, where we look to get off-the-record thoughts and perspectives from individuals who have been hiring managers and in hiring positions in their careers. The GCMC is here for Zicklin MBA and MS students and alumni for their careers wherever they are, so be sure to stay in touch with us.